Hello everybody and welcome into episode number 83 of the Bible 2021 podcast. We are back in the Old Testament today and reading 2 Samuel chapter 6. Our focus is on what God delights in and what makes God angry. So it's a daily 10-minute podcast where we go through the Bible one chapter at a time. Welcome aboard to new listeners in Jawatinga, Indonesia, Porto, Portugal, Parts Unknown, Russia, Ireland, and Spain, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and Fort Wayne, Indiana. Thank you so much for listening. We want to encourage you in daily Bible reading and listening and obeying. Please do check out our website, Bible2021.com. Please do leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It's been a while since somebody's done that. And it's a great way to share the show with friends and neighbors. This podcast began once upon a time as the Bible Mystery Podcast in 2019. It morphed into the Bible Questions Podcast also in that year. In 2020, it became a daily 25 to 35 minute, sometimes longer, show called the Bible Reading Podcast, and it now exists as a 10-ish minute Bible 2021 podcast. Now, last year, we read four Bible chapters a day, and we read through the whole Bible in a year, plus the New Testament twice and Psalms twice. This year, there's much less Bible reading on the pod that I'm recording, so I decided to do some extra Bible listening on my own for my own spiritual growth, and I've been listening to the Old Testament the last couple of months from my uh, Bible on Audible. I started the year in the book of John and went through the New Testament and then to Genesis chapter 1. Over February and March, I've gone through Genesis through Numbers, and one thing has struck me again and again and again. In terms of what makes God angry, grumbling and complaining seems to be surprisingly high on that list. Over and over again, the Israelites grumble against Moses and against God, and over and over, terrible judgments come. Most of us, as I've said before, wouldn't rank grumbling and complaining super high on the list of worst sins ever, but just reading through the Old Testament, particularly that Exodus through Numbers part, you really see how bad grumbling is in God's eyes. It's like the utter opposite of thanksgiving, which is the attitude we are supposed to have when entering into the presence of God. Seen in that light, it might help us to understand the danger of grumbling against God. It's the very opposite of thankfulness, and it also contains an air of arrogance about it. A certain I would handle this whole situation so much better if I was in charge kind of thing going on. Friends, we got to guard our hearts against grumbling. On a more positive note, we also should ask, what are the kinds of things that God delights in? What is God like? What brings him joy? And you say, wait a minute, God doesn't have emotions. No, the, again, read the Old Testament, read the New Testament too, but you're going to see God has what we humans call emotions. There are things that make him delighted. There are things that make him angry. I would call that emotion. It's a much purer, higher expression of emotion than the fickle things we call emotions, but most certainly God has emotions. And we see with some of the verses I'm about to read to us, there are things that God delights in. For instance, Psalm 147, 10 through 11, God does not delight in the strength of the horse. He does not take pleasure in the legs of a man. The Lord favors those who Fear him, those who wait for his loving kindness. How about Proverbs twelve twenty two? 
Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but those who deal faithfully are his delight. Isaiah 42.1, Behold my servant whom I uphold, my chosen one in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the nations. This is talking about the Messiah, Jesus. Or Deuteronomy 30 verse 9, The Lord your God will make you abundantly prosperous in all the work of your hand, in the fruit of your womb, and in the fruit of your cattle, and the fruit of your ground. For the Lord will again take delight in prospering you as he took delight in your fathers. So when we're obedient, God delights to bless us. That's a fantastic thing to know about the character of God. He doesn't do it begrudgingly or think, you know, oh, well, I guess they earned their reward. No, he delights to bless his obedient, faithful people. Jeremiah 9.24, Let him who boasts, boasts in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who practices steadfast love, justice, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, declares the Lord. Again, God delights in steadfast love, justice, and righteousness in the earth. Finally, Micah 7.18, Who is a God like you, pardoning iniquity and passing over transgression for the remnant of his inheritance? He does not retain his anger forever because he delights in steadfast love. Wow. So there are things God delights in. And in that list we just read through, it's a very partial list, but we see actions and traits that God delights in. In the last few two verses in particular, we see that he delights particularly in chesseth or steadfast love, in loving kindness or wholehearted covenant love. I think in our passage today, we see a good example of this kind of delight that God has in wholehearted love. And in King David, we will see a person who exemplifies the kind of wholehearted love that God delights in. So let's read 2 Samuel chapter 6, verse 1 in the Christian Standard Bible. David again assembled all the fit young men in Israel. 30,000, he and all his troops set out to bring the ark of God from Baal, Judah. The ark bears the name, the name of the Lord of armies who was enthroned between the cherubim. They set the ark of God on a new cart and transported it from Abinadab's house, which was on the hill. Uzzah and Ahio, sons of Abinadab, were guiding the cart and brought it with the ark of God from Abinadab's house on the hill. Ahio walked in front of the ark. David and the whole house of Israel were dancing before the Lord with all kinds of fir, wood instruments, lyres, harps, tambourines, sistrums, and cymbals. When they came to Nakan's threshing floor, Uzzah reached out to the ark of God and took hold of it because the oxen had stumbled. Then the Lord's anger burned against Uzzah, and God struck him dead on the spot for his irreverence, and he died there next to the ark of God. David was angry because of the Lord's outburst against Uzzah, so he named that place Perez Uzzah, or outbreak against Uzzah, as it is today. David feared the Lord that day and said, How can the ark of the Lord ever come to me? So he was not willing to bring the ark of the Lord to the city of David. Instead, he diverted it to the house of Obed-Edom of Gath. The ark of the Lord remained in his house three months, and the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and his whole family. It was reported to King David, 
The Lord has blessed Obed-Edom's family and all that belongs to him because of the ark of God. So David went and had the ark of God brought up from Obed-Edom's house to the city of David with rejoicing. When those carrying the ark of the Lord advanced six steps, he sacrificed an ox and a fattened calf. David was dancing with all his might before the Lord, wearing a linen ephod. He and the whole house of Israel were bringing up the ark of the Lord with shouts and the sound of the ram's horn. As the ark of the Lord was entering the city of David, Saul's daughter Michal looked down from the window and saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, and she despised him in her heart. They brought the ark of the Lord and set it in its place inside the tent David had pitched for it. Then David brought offered burnt offerings and fellowship offerings in the Lord's presence. When David had finished offering the burnt offering and the fellowship offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord of armies. Then he distributed a loaf of bread, a date cake, and a raisin cake to each one in the entire Israelite community, both men and women. Then all the people went home. When David returned home to bless his household, Saul's daughter Michal came out to meet him. How the king of Israel honored himself today, she said. He exposed himself today in the sight of the slave girls of his subjects like a vulgar person would expose himself. David replied to Michal, It was before the Lord who chose me over your father and his whole family to appoint me ruler over the Lord's people, Israel. I will dance before the Lord, and I will dishonor myself and humble myself even more. However, by the slave girls you spoke about, I will be honored. And Saul's daughter, Michal, had no child to the day of her death. So that's a pretty eye-opening chapter there. I've often marveled at God's testimony about David. Even though David was a cold-blooded murderer and an adulterer, there is and there's no excuse whatsoever for that kind of behavior. Nevertheless, God's ultimate testimony about David is strong. We read it in Acts 13, 22. And when he had removed him, he raised up David to be their king, of whom he testified and said, I have found in David, the son of Jesse, a man after my heart who will do all my will. Now, considering the horror of what David did, this is a staggering testimony. Lest you think David got off easily, however, please do go back and read of his deep repentance and the terrible price that he paid for his sin. And yet, God's ending testimony about David is positive and good. How can such a thing be possible? Well, number one, as we already read, God delights in showing mercy and grace. And number two, I think this factors in. David was a person of wholehearted love to God for the vast majority of his life. He loved God passionately and deeply with every fiber of his being. And and we see that in today's reading. Such love obviously carries great weight in the sight of God. I am not at all saying that you can sin greatly and get away with it if you love God. Again, read about the terrible consequences that David suffered. He lost not one, but two children. He lost his kingdom. He suffered terribly. But I am saying that God seems to cherish and delight in wholehearted, unrestrained, and passionate love from his people. And with Michael as another example, God seems to be very much against criticism, grumbling, and complaining. Well, let's end the show with our verse of the month for March, Hebrews 7.25. Therefore, Jesus is able to save completely those who come to God through him, since he always lives to intercede for them. Amen and amen. May the Lord bless you, friends. May you and I be thankful, not grumbling. And may we walk in wholehearted love for God. 
good day to you and Godspeed.